If y'all can believe it, we're already at the halfway point of Easter. Today is the fourth Sunday of Easter. It is also known as Good Shepherd Sunday. That's because of the readings that we hear today, uh, especially the, uh, the gospel acclamation and the gospel reading itself, talk about Christ as shepherd. And this is what we're hearing in John's gospel. We're at the point in John's gospel where Jesus is kind of going back and he's kind of explaining what this means. I am the good shepherd. And so what we have happening in the readings this weekend is, in a way, we're kind of shifting away from the very beginning of the life of the church right after the resurrection. And we're kind of shifting direction a little bit and looking towards forward to Pentecost. Pentecost is just around the corner. And so what we're seeing in the readings is we're almost kind of going back to right before where Jesus is giving his farewell to the disciples. Uh, he's kind of explaining more of who he is. So as to kind of shed light on what's going to happen on Pentecost Sunday when he sends the Holy Spirit upon the apostles. And that's actually what we hear in the first reading today is Peter giving his first homily. So there's a few things that happen in these readings today, but we want to focus on Christ as good shepherd. And so what Christ does as shepherd is he teaches us how to be good sheep. So we hear that Christ is one, the shepherd. He's also the sheep gate, we hear in the gospel reading. But we also remember that Jesus is the paschal lamb. You know, we think of when Jesus walked by John the Baptist, and John the Baptist tells his disciples with him, Behold the lamb of God. So we hear this reference that Christ is sheep gate, shepherd, and lamb. And what he does as lamb is he teaches us how to be a good sheep. I remember from one of my early years at Notre Dame, uh, one of the deacons at the time gave a homily, and one of the things he said was that sheep are notoriously stupid. Sheep will walk off of a cliff and not think twice about it. That's why sometimes a shepherd has to go and break the legs of a sheep so that they don't walk themselves off of a cliff. And so Christ teaches us how to be good sheep how to be smart, how to follow him so that we don't walk ourselves off of cliffs, but yet we follow him into the sheep gate. We, find, we follow him into our pastures. And so I'd like to look at three ways at which Christ saves us. One, as the shepherd. As shepherd, he leads us to salvation. He is the one who leads the sheep. He guides them. He is very specifically kind of, you know, making sure that we're going there, that he's walking with us. He doesn't just leave us. But as shepherd, he is walking with his sheep. Then as the gate, he gives us access to salvation, or he makes it available. That's what we mean by the sheep gate, is that the gate is which the sheep pass through. They pass through at night, and they stay in the gate so that they're protected, and then they leave in the pasture and they feed during the day so they can be healthy. It's the same thing. Christ is the gate. He allows us to go into the pastures. It's by passing through Christ that we're able to, God willing, one day get to eternal life. And the third, he is the Paschal Lamb itself. He gave his life for our salvation. And so he's the model sheep. You think of the sheep in the Old Testament for the Passover. It had to be a perfect lamb. It couldn't have anything wrong with it. And so Jesus is the fulfillment of that. He's the perfect lamb. He is the model for us as sheep. And so we hear this in the readings. And I like to look at the second reading because the second reading reminds me a lot of something that we hear in the Old Testament and something we just heard during Holy Week on Good Friday. And so we hear in the second reading, Christ also suffered for you leaving you an example that you should follow in his footsteps. 
He committed no sin, and no deceit was found in his mouth. Now, this might sound familiar. In fact, if you look at the text, in, if you have a missile in front of you, it's, it, here in the lectionary, there's a particular line that's italicized. And it's the line that says, he committed no sin, no deceit was found in his mouth. And the reason that's kind of italicized, it's set apart from the rest of the text, is because it's a reference to something in the Old Testament. And so when you're studying scripture, you see something like this, that should automatically say, aha, I need to go back and find what this is referring to. And this is referring to a passage in Isaiah chapter 53. And we just heard this for Good Friday. Now, I want you to notice the parallels that are happening here between Isaiah and what Peter says. This is what Isaiah says. All we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned everyone to his own way, and the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. He was oppressed and he was afflicted, yet he opened not his mouth. Like a lamb that is led to the slaughter, and like a sheep that before its shearers is silent, so he opened not his mouth. And they made his grave with the wicked and with a rich man in his death, although he had done no violence and there was no deceit in his mouth. And so Peter is almost exactly paralleling this passage from Isaiah. And the whole point is that he's trying to show us what it means to suffer. Christ shows us what it means to suffer. And that's something I think as a society we've kind of lost the value of, is the value of suffering. And maybe during this time of pandemic, that's a perfect thing for us to look at, is how are we suffering? Are we being gracious in how we suffer? You know, it's very easy sometimes to want to complain, Lord, why is this happening? And, you know, um, and yes, maybe we're, we're dealt injustices, but look at what happened with Jesus. Every possible injustice was dealt to him. He had every reason to complain, but he didn't. He opened not his mouth. No deceit was found in his mouth. This reminds us maybe of another Old Testament figure, Job, in the book of Job. Job's a righteous man, and God knows that. And he tells Satan, he says, see Job, the righteous one. And Satan says, I bet you he's only righteous because he has so many blessings. Strip everything away, take all away his blessings, and I bet he will curse you to your face. And so God says, let it be so. And so Job loses everything, but yet he does not judge God. He does not curse God. And yet Jesus, in a very similar way, he suffers all these injustices and does not open his mouth. He does not complain. Christ teaches us how to suffer as sheep. And there's a special grace in suffering, and we hear that in the readings. And this should maybe also uh, make another passage familiar to us. We should be reminded of the Beatitudes, especially one of the last Beatitudes. This is in Matthew 5, verse 10. Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. There's very special grace that when we are persecuted for being righteous, and sometimes not saying anything, just taking that, accepting the sufferings that were dealt. And there's a very specific reason for that suffering. And we hear this in another passage. You see, there's a whole web of scripture that lies in these readings today. I think back to Philippians when it comes to suffering. Christ learned obedience through what he suffered. We're a very rebellious people. That comes to us as our human nature. Think of what sin is. Sin is rebellion against God. It's rejecting the love of God. Think of us as, as Americans. You know, our country was, was founded in a revolution, and the British referred to this as a rebellion. 
So kind of by our nature, we are rebellious people. But we learn obedience, especially to God, through our suffering. And so maybe that's our reflection for today, is to ask the Lord, Lord, help me with my suffering, you know, and to reflect, how have I been suffering with this pandemic? You know, do I complain? Maybe is that something I should curb my mouth, is what the scriptures sometimes say. Put a curb, put a, you know, a door to my mouth with the things that I say. Especially to always remember charity with one another, to be patient with one another, because we're all suffering through this. No one's alone in suffering in this pandemic. We're all there together. So let us offer these sufferings, let us offer our prayers so that the Lord can help us to be gracious in our suffering.